Hey everyone, um, today we had three games of basketball, well really two, one, like the Nets Celtics doesn't really count anymore, that's not, that's not really basketball, that's just an eyesore I guess, uh, I guess we'll, st- actually no, I don't want to, I don't, I don't even want to talk about that, I might give that like two minutes at the end, actually, alright let me just talk about that right now, this, this is my only thing from that game. And the Celtics team in general. I think I might have talked about this maybe or just in passing talked about it. This Celtics team is so fucking soft. And I don't mean that like mentally or anything. I just mean that every time they even accidentally foul someone, they're like, oh my God, Kevin Durant, I'm so sorry. My, my, my fault, my lord. I'm sorry about that. Let me pick you up. Let me pat you on the butt real quick. You know, my bad. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me or I will die. You know, I can't live with myself that I've accidentally pushed you a little bit. And, you know, I talked about that with some other people and they were like, oh, so you want them to do what Miami did against Giannis? You want them to do that? That's what you want? I'm like, no, that's not what I wanted. I'm just saying you don't have to apologize for every fucking foul. Like, fouling's part of the fucking game. You're allowed to foul people. I'm not saying get dirty, but like, I don't think hard fouls are dirty. I think at some point, like, hard fouling is part of the game where, you know, if they keep getting to the... If, if someone keeps getting to the paint consistently, you got a hard foul. Not dirty foul. I'm not talking about dirty, like, grab someone by the neck or, like, hit them when they're in the air. But, like, a hard foul, yeah, to, like, prevent them to be... For, to let them know, like, yo, we're here. We're not just going to let you keep getting to the... You know, the bucket. And here's the thing. Even if they don't do that, I don't care. Like, that's fine. If they don't do that, if they don't want a hard foul, whatever. But you can't, like, just pick them up every single time that, you know, you accidentally even touch them and, like, they fall down. Because it's not like the Nets are doing that to the Celtics. They're not being like, oh, you felt we accidentally fouled you. Let me pick you up. That's not what they're doing. You know, there was a possession the game one where on the inbound Kevin Durant's just elbowing the fuck out of Jason Tatum on the face and Tatum does absolutely nothing about it absolutely nothing and it's not just that Tatum doesn't do anything it's that everyone looks at it and no Celtic goes to KD like yo what the fuck you know no one goes there and like pushes KD or you know just hard fouls him just to let them know like yo you can't do that to our guy you know if you if we want to just play like a clean game we can do that but you're elbowing our star and like you know that's not acceptable we're not going to allow that you're not just going to bully us um the other takeaway is jason Tatum. what the fuck is going on this is another horrendous game from him um you know offensively just can't get going at all defensively all they're doing is switching every single thing and You know, they just don't have enough good defenders to actually, like, do it. Because, like, Kemba's out there. Forney is out there. Um, Tristan, he's not good. Like, he looks so shaky out there. He looks looks legit scared on switches against uh, Harden and Kyrie. Like, if you look at his legs, he's, like, he's ready to tap dance. Um, And then off the bench, uh, Parker's, Parker's playing. He's not good. Robert Williams, I love Robert Williams, but he's not fully healthy yet. Um, 
who else is playing? Naismith, Pritchard, like those guys, they're not ready yet. Um, and what else? There's something else I wanted to talk about. The only thing I do like is that, so the Nets have Nick Claxton, Celtics have Robert Williams, and, you know, I'm a big Robert Williams fan. I just like that he's completely dominating. He looks like Nick Claxton on, like, steroids. Like, that's that's how well he's been playing. He's just dominating that matchup. So that's just, like, a little fun matchup that I've been getting from it. But I'm not even sure how much of the series I want to watch from now on. Like, this, this is not fun to watch. The Celtics offense isn't fun to watch without, like, I, I don't watch a lot of Celtics game unless it's Jason and Jalen playing. I don't care about Kemba. Like, I really don't. Because when Jalen's not playing, that just means I got to watch more Kemba and Marcus Smart take shots. I don't like that. You know, they run a 1-3 pick and roll and, you know, with Jabari and Tatum and Tatum and Jabari just take fadeaways and jumpers and on Kyrie. And I'm like, all right, this is what y'all doing. Like, what's even the point of doing the 1-3 pick and roll? Like, what's – if you're not going to go to the rim and get to the line, like, what's even the point? On the net side, like, offensively, Joe Harris just went off. You know, he's a good three-point shooter. I don't think he's a great – contested three-point shooter but he gets a lot of open looks so like he's gonna knock those down every time i'm always so impressed by his jumper just because it looks like it it looks like it takes a lot of energy like if you look at his motion like if you look at steph and clay's motion those are so effortless joe harris it looks like a lot of like energy being you know exhausted there you know, the thing I worry about with him is just, like, can he hit those down the stretch because he's going to be so exhausted just shooting them all the time. Um, aside from that, like, you know, the Nets are the Nets. Like, they're going to be really good. The, the Probably the series of the year, series of the playoffs is going to be Nets-Bucks, and I can't wait for that. Uh, for the Celtics, I guess maybe I'll talk about this after they get swept. Just, like, you know what? moves they can make for the offseason. I'll talk about that after they get swept. Alright, so the other series was Suns-Lakers. Um, you know, LeBron just looks like he's not completely healthy. Um, you know, if, if when he gets in that pick and roll, his explosion isn't there, but he, he still... I, I feel like he realizes that there, he has like a five-minute burst where he can be 100%. So he just like you know, lets other people do things. He sets people up. And then when he needs to activate, like, the last five minutes, he does it. Uh, they got up to a pretty big lead and then in the third quarter. And then they just let it go. You know, we finally got a Marcus All sighting. No Harold this time. Chris Paul dinged up. Um, so we'll see how that goes. It, you know, 1-1 one, one isn't bad. Uh, you know, because even if the – it's weird – uh, they only get one day off. Between, they only got one day off between game one and two, and they're only gonna get one day off between game two and three. But it is good that they got the first win anyways, because even if they lose game three, then they'll have two days off from game three to game four. So like that's more time for Chris Paul to get healthy. You know he didn't even play the. He only played like a couple minutes in the fourth, and the second half really he only played like seven eight minutes. Um, you know, Lakers closed it out. They had a dominant, like, five-minute stretch at the end on both ends of the floor with AD at center. LeBron finally, like, activating that five minutes where he can be 100%. You 
You know, he made a ridiculous fadeaway, then a three. Uh, AD made a big three. Caruso had a dunk, but, like, the game was already over. But, like, it was cool. Uh, LeBron had a moment with KCP where, like, he passed it to KCP on the wing. And KCP was, I guess he had missed a bunch of threes, so he wasn't even shooting it. He passed it to Dennis in the corner and, you know, brick. And they went into timeout, and LeBron was like, yo, you got to fucking shoot that. You know, I passed it to you. I don't care if you're 0 for 4. You're still a 40% three-point shooter. Why are you passing to Dennis, who's not like, who's barely like 32, 33%? And he wasn't even like open. You were way more open than Dennis was. So that was, you know, that was cool to see. Um, on the Sun side, Aiden was really good again. Booker, he kind of floated in and out. Like, you kind of see what Booker needs to really be successful. It's where it's like, he needs a really good point guard to be successful just so the point guard can run everything and, like, get Booker the ball where he needs it and stuff like that. Um, another thing I'm happy about is campaign. You know, campaign went from Russ's dance partner to, like, a legit, like, great backup point guard. Like, he's really fucking good. He can shoot the fuck out of the ball. He's, like, kind of shifty. He's got a, he's got a decent handle. Like, you're, not, you're probably not going to rip him. Um... He's got a good handle. He can make threes, and, you know, he can get to the paint pretty easily. Uh, his vision is pretty good, too. Talks a lot of shit out there. I like that. Um, so he's one of the best backup point guards in the entire league. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm happy that he's turned from, you know, a, a pretty much a joke and a meme to, like, an actual NBA player. Um, what else? What else? AD uh, got, like, 20 free throws. Like, I do think... Like, a, lot, a bunch of them were at the end when the game was pretty much over. But it, it's one of those things where, you know, Deon, I mean, Andre Drummond's in the game, so people are like, oh, AD has to shoot jumpers because Andre's in the paint. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. He can get to the paint still. You don't have to settle for jumpers. You can, you can still attack the rim. Why are you so afraid of attacking the rim and having, like, to, you know, finish through, like, Jay Crowder or like Aiden like why are you so afraid of that get to the paint create something you know if you get by Jay Crowder or something and now DeAndre Aiden's there because Drummond's in the game like dump it off or like pass it out of the corner or something you don't have to take those jumpers you're taking those jumpers because you want to take those jumpers because you don't want to get in the paint like I understand it for LeBron's spacing because with LeBron's spacing it's four people in the paint for AD, it's only two people in the paint, Drummond and Drummond, whoever, whoever's guarding Drummond. With LeBron, it's Drummond and whoever's guarding Drummond and whoever's guarding AD. And AD, of course. So it's, it's way more than that. Um, so I, I think AD, even when Drummond's in the game, has to get to the rim and, you know, just, just create havoc in there. Uh, Drummond had a pretty good game. I didn't think he was that bad tonight. I didn't think he was bad tonight at all, actually. I don't want to say that bad. I just didn't, I just didn't think he was bad at all. Um, Mark looked good. Um, Dennis Schroeder looked pretty good. Defensively, the Lakers looked really good. Uh, they had a couple breakdowns, specifically at like the end of the third quarter where they just let Cam Johnson hit a two threes, like, uncontested. Um... You know, it's going to be a fun... Actually, I don't know if it's going to be fun. Depends on how Chris Paul is. If Chris Paul is only, like, 60% of himself, it's not going to be a fun series. Probably, like, five games. Um, the Suns' crowd, like, that's one thing that I think has to be acknowledged. Their, their crowd was 
incredible. Like they were really into the game. Uh, you know, I love the crowds when uh, they're talking trash, but it's not the type of trash where the players are like, yo, get this guy the fuck out of here. It's trash talk where it's like, like clever trash talk where the players are like, oh, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show you now. Let me talk back and forth. You know, let's have a back and forth type of stuff. Um, so I, the Suns crowd was a big winner. And it's nice for the NBA to have the Suns back in the playoffs. It's really nice for that. Devin, yeah, I already talked about Devin Booker and campaign and in in still looks really good, just dominating out, the, not dominating, but like doing doing all he can out there. Um, from the Lakers, yeah, that's it actually. You know, the series one one now back in LA on Thursday, so that's gonna be fun. Thursday or Friday, I can't remember, actually. Yeah, one of those two, whatever. How many days are... Because I, I swear, I think I saw a Sunday for the Game 4. Maybe it... Is it Sunday for Game 4? Yeah, yeah, it is Sunday on game for Game 4, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 3.30 p.m. Sunday. Okay, let, okay, the, okay, the last game today was... Mavs, Clippers, and the... <laughs> I can't stop laughing at this. Like, this is absolutely hilarious, actually. So the Clippers tanked because they didn't want to face LeBron. And now they're pretty much playing LeBron again. They're playing LeBron, who's not as incredibly powerful and athletic, but has better handles instead. That's what they're doing. They're playing a LeBron disciple Luka, who's just carving them up. And Luka, like... KP has not been a star. He hasn't been an all-star. Uh, all-star this year. I think he has made the all-star game before. But like, I don't think he's been playing like an all-star. But what they do have is shooting around Luka. Like, Kleber can shoot. Tim Hardaway can shoot. KP can shoot. Dorian Finney-Smith can shoot. So, like, that's all you really need. You know, if, like, it's not enough to win a championship or anything. But, like, that's that's enough to, like... Do for Luca to just do whatever the fuck he wants. Um, Luca's in his third year and he's already improved as a three point shooter. He's improved as a post up player, and he's improved as a mid range shooter to the point where he's elite. He he picked on Pat Beverly every single time. Pat Beverly, he's like, no no, no I want him. And he got him, and he's like, no, I'm getting to the rim every single time, and there's nothing y'all can do about it. He was posting up Kawhi on one possession, and I think he just backed him the fuck down. It was, it was fucking incredible. Like, Kawhi's a strong motherfucker, and Luka's like, I don't care. I'm still going to back you down. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Um, and it's one thing about the NBA I don't like as much. It's like the screens are so... They're very blatantly illegal, but they don't get called, and it forces the switching. I don't like it as much. I like it's okay at times, but I don't like it when like Tim Hardaway is gonna come up and set a screen on Kawhi. But like, what he's really doing is holding him, and Kawhi can't get around because like Tim Hardaway is holding him. So that's one thing I don't like. Uh, you know, that's something I wish the NBA would address, but I don't think it, I don't think they will. They are gonna address like the foul like baiting that like people like Trey Young do where you know they'll come off a pick and roll and when the defender's behind them they'll shoot it and like you know fucking 
throw their ass into them and it gets called for a you know they get called for a foul like the defender but they're not going to look into the screening and I think the screening would really fix a lot of issues um what else so the Mavericks are up 2-0 now they're going back to Dallas and I've said this I said this before I don't think the Clippers are actually that much more talented or even a little bit more talented than the Mavericks. The Mavericks finished the season 31-16. and 16. That's like a 55-win team. And, you know, they started off terribly because of COVID and injuries. So they've been like a fucking elite team since then. Um, what else did I want to say? Um, and the Clippers, I don't like a lot of their players. Like Kawhi, I like Paul George, I like. They both had great games, actually. Kawhi had 30 in the first half, only 11 in the second, but... You know, he got doubled a lot, whatever. Uh, Paul George at 28, 12, and 6. You know, he shot the ball well. He didn't shoot a ball from three, but shot it well overall. But I don't like a lot of their other players. I really don't. Marcus Morris, I don't like him. Last game he played like 33 minutes, I think, and he had four points, two rebounds, one assist. And, you know, some people would be like, oh, that's just an anomaly of a game. It's not. You know, if you look at the last six games against the Nuggets last year, he averaged under 10 points a game. So, you know, you're that's one guy you are you have out there who's just, like, he can just float. You know, he talks a big game, but, like, he gets pretty nervous out there. He passes up shots. He's not really. And the other thing is, like, when you have Kawhi and Paul George out there, like, what's the need of Marcus Morris out there? Because Marcus Morris isn't, like, a elite defender he's not like an elite playmaker he's not an elite rebounder he's not like a ball handler his job is and like i'm why why am i paying him that much money to just be like a spot-up shooter why am i doing that because what he is is a his ideal role would be like a bench scorer that's or like your fourth starter and you don't have that much like your first three guys I think he would be perfect next to, like, in that Harrison Barnes role in, uh, like, the Warriors pre-KD. Like, I think he would be perfect in that role. He's not good next to Paul George and Kawhi, who are just, you know, better versions of him. Like, Paul, like Kawhi is a better version of Paul George. Paul George is, like, a two-times better version of Marcus Morris. So, I don't, like... I guess I don't like him for this team that much. I don't think he. I'm not saying he's like a bad player or anything. I think he's overpaid, and I, but I just don't like him for this team. Um, and who else? Zubak. Um, I like. I I actually do like Zubak, but like the thing with him is, half the match like with the with the way the Clippers play where they switch so much. Um, Zubak gets played off the court half the time. So like, that's less than ideal. Um, you know, tonight he played 22 minutes, 2.6 rebounds. And the thing is, he's not like a dominant offensive player, so he can't make up for it. Like, Jokic makes up for his defensive problems. Uh, even though he's gotten much better as a defender, he makes up for his defensive problems uh, because he's, you know, 35 points a game in the playoffs so far and, like, elite playmaking, elite shooting, and all that stuff. But Zubak, you know, he isn't that. He's just a pretty good center. Uh, and, you know, in this series, Luka's just been hunting him. Uh, and the and the Clippers, 
don't make it easy on Zubak by switching so much. So that's not good either. And Pat Beverly, he's a point guard out there with a team that needs like a playmaking point guard, and he's never been that. He's a point guard that puts absolutely zero pressure on defensive, on defenses. He puts absolutely no pressure on them. And, you know, when you have a team of Kawhi, Paul George, Marcus Morris, and Zubak, who needs someone to feed him the ball, he, his value is, that Patrick Beverly's value is just so little on that. You know, he averaged, I think, three assists per game per 36 this year, and he's never going to be like a playmaker. He doesn't get to the rim. He's not going to be like a pick-and-roll guy. He's not going to create shots for Paul George and Kawhi and Morris and Zubak. Um, and then they have Reggie Jackson, who I think is just okay, but he thinks he's better than just okay. That's why, you know, he's coming off the bench, you know, taking 12 shots and getting you 15 points, which whatever. He played 30 fucking minutes. That's way too many. Uh, Rondo I like, Batum I do like. Uh, Terrence Mans, Terrence Mans, I do like. I think he needs to play more next game. Um, so you know, I just don't like a lot of their players and how they fit with Kawhi and Paul George. Like Kawhi and Paul George, they didn't need Marcus Morris. They needed like a like a Goran Dragic type player. That's what they needed. Like obviously, you want someone better than like like if you could have gotten Fred Van Vliet or Kyle Lowry. Of course, you would rather have that. But I was just thinking more realistic, like a Drogic type player is what they needed. Um, but yeah, the Clippers are in a whole lot of trouble. Down 2-0. Do I want to talk about the Mavericks some more? All right, let's talk about some Mavericks some more. Tim Hardaway has been on fire. His three-point shooting has been elite. Uh, the Mavericks... Oh, I know they didn't. Someone lied to me. Yeah. Oh, no, no the, I guess the stat was the, the Mavericks shot better from the field today. Holy fuck. They shot 59% from the field. That's insane. What kind of defense are the Clippers fucking playing? One more thing about the Clippers. None of them are good at getting around screens. None of them. Like, I know I talked about, like, the illegal screening and, like, holding someone so they force the switch. But, like, if you watch... Like, there, there are some teams and some players that are much better at getting around screens than, like, Kawhi, Kawhi particularly, he just can't get around them. Paul George is pretty good, actually. Marcus Morris can't, and a bunch of other players on that team can't. And defensively, the other thing I don't get is, why are they doubling so much when their whole identity is supposed to be, we can switch everything? So why are you, why are you doubling, even like your whole philosophy is we're just gonna switch everything, because Luca's just tearing them apart, tearing them apart. Um, for the for the Mavericks, you know they, like they're just they have the best player in that they have the best player in that series. Luca is the best player in that series, and the thing is he's not even playing that many minutes. He only played 38 minutes. That's not a lot. You know, Kristaps has, like, I'll, I'll give this to Kristaps. Like, even though he's been pouting a little bit because he's not getting shots and stuff, he's out there and he'll he'll go spot up. He'll he'll go spot up. Like, I do, I do like that he's willing to just do that. 
Um, other than that, like, I have nothing else to say. I think Ty Lue isn't that great of a coach. I think Rick Carlo is just lapping him. And um, I'm excited for the next series. I, th- I think if they beat the Clippers, which is probably likely in probably five or six games, I think they're probably going to beat the Jazz. And I think we might be... <laughs> that would be amazing. A lebron Luca Western Conference Final, that would, be, that would put up big numbers. Huge, huge, huge numbers. And it would also promote, like, you know, the next superstar of the NBA. You know, because I think if the Mavericks are able to get, like, a just another top 25 player next to Luka and just surround him with shooting, like, more players like Tim Hardaway and Dorian Finney-Smith or just keep those players around him, I think you could, like, easily see, like, a LeBron eight straight finals type run from this kid like he's that fucking good he's got the answers to every question every thing you throw at him he just knows how to do it and uh, you know or you know Kristaps could just become that guy again if he gets extremely healthy and you know he works on his game a little bit more he can just become that guy and uh, you know they might not need to get another all-star but like why not like just get another all-star for reasons just get another one. Like, throw some picks. Go get another, like, someone that fits Luca's timeline. You know, you have to make sure about that. But why not just get another one? It's not like you guys... It's not like the Mavericks do, like, this great job of... Actually, no, they've, they've been pretty good at drafting recently. They obviously got Luca, but that was, like, a lottery, lottery pick, and other people fucked up. They also got Jalen Brunson. That was a really good pick. So, yeah, I guess... No, but I think if you if you could trade like three, four picks and like some salary, some decent players to go get like another top 25, 30 player in the league, you have to do it, I think. If you compare Luka, KP, and like another top 30 player, you have to do it. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for today. You know, very exciting basketball. That was a great fucking game. Uh, Suns, Suns, Laker was, Suns Lakers was great. Mavs Clippers was excellent. And uh, one one more thing, I guess. The NBA really fucked up with, like, the timings of this. Why would... I I talked about this already, but why the fuck were Lakers, Suns, pretty much just a half an hour hour apart from Mavericks, Clippers? Like, Mavericks, Clippers should have been the 7.30 game. And, you know, Suns, uh, Lakers should have been the 10 o'clock game, which it already was. And the Nets Celtics should not even have been a game. They should just fuck that series. Like, like let just per, let's just simulate it, simulate it on two K. I don't want to watch that anymore. But yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Actually, let's see what what are the games for tomorrow? Is it Heat? Okay, tomorrow looks pretty good. You know, we got Hawks next. That's gonna be fun. Grizzlies Jazz with Donovan hopefully playing. The Donovan Mitchell. I'm not I have a couple thoughts on that actually. One is does Donovan really think how good does Donovan think he is? Does he think he's like yeah yeah I'm you know 2005 Dwayne Wade that's the type of respect that I deserve because the way I'm looking at it is I think Donovan's pretty good. I don't think he's the most valuable player on that team. And 
if he if he keeps behaving like this, where it's like I got my own personal trainers, I'm furious at you guys for keeping me out. Even though when the Celtics didn't keep Isaiah Thomas out, it was like fuck the Celtics. You know they didn't keep Isaiah Thomas out. They're not looking out for his best interest. And then the Jazz keep out Donovan Mitchell, keeping out for his best interest, and it's like fuck you guys. I just don't understand that. And if he's really that, if there if there really is like a divide in that locker room. I'm just wondering, why would I not trade Donovan Mitchell straight up? Okay, who who would say no to this deal? Donovan Mitchell for Bradley Beal. Who would who's gonna say no to that? Just straight up. I don't. If I'm the Wizards, I'm like, Bradley Beal could just leave us. He could just leave us, and we get nothing in return. Or we could get Donovan Mitchell, you know, a 22, 23-year-old, just had his best year. You know, he shot the ball like 39, 40% from three. He improved as a playmaker, as a defender. He can get to the rim. And, you know, he's young and he's already, he's already signed. So we have him for like the next four or five years. And Bradley Beal, he's just as good as Donovan Mitchell, probably a little better. And, you know, he's bigger too. I, the one, one thing I don't like about the Jazz is their backcourt's just so small. And I don't, I don't believe in small backcourts. Um, you know, Bradley Beal is like six four, six five, um, and I just, th- I just trust him a little bit more. So, if I'm, if I was the Jazz, and you know, I'm not, I'm worried about this Donovan thing. I would, I would look for that. But I would, one thing, I would only do it if Bradley Beal is like, yeah, I'm willing to resign them. That's the only way I would do that. If he's not willing to resign, I'm obviously not going to trade Donovan. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. That's it for today. All right, thank you for listening, everyone.
Just how the story ends up. Oh. 